Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I talk with Annabeth Baker, a rising rising senior on the Lander University women's lacrosse team who studies nursing. Throughout the episode, Annabeth talks about the performance anxiety she experienced once getting to college and playing collegiate lacrosse, trying to overcome the overwhelming fear of perfectionism and the importance of getting support from your teammates and coaches. She is an incredible resource for others to show how affirmative self-talk and positive visualization can impact confidence both on and off the field. I loved my conversation with Annabeth and I am sure that you all are going to take a few good nuggets away from this conversation and find something that you can relate to um, throughout it. I think it was all around an incredible conversation. So with that, let's get right into it. Annabeth, Thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am beyond excited to have you on and chat all about your experience, um, experiences, excuse me. To kick us off, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Yes. So as she's already said, my name is Annabeth Baker. Um, Right now, I am a rising senior on the Lander Women's Lacrosse team. And on that team, I am a recent captain, and I'm also a Morgan's Message co-ambassador. So I've been a Morgan's Message ambassador for about a year now, Um, and I've really enjoyed just what Morgan's Message has done for me and growing my mental health and kind of realizing things for me to work on, as well as just being an awesome outlet for my teammates and for vulnerability there, so... Yeah, I'm a nursing student, um, so all realms of health are very important to me, but um, especially mental health. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I always get so excited when our ambassadors reach out and want to share their stories because um, you all are I don't know so great in what you're doing and the message you're spreading, and I'm always so grateful for you all. Uh, to 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 kick us off. Um, where, where did you grow up? Um, what was sports like in terms of playing into your identity or your community? Can you give a little bit of a lay of the land there? Yeah. So I'm from a small town called Clover. It's in South Carolina. Um, I've grown up there most of my life and I actually did not start playing lacrosse until halfway through high school. So All my life, I'd played basketball, like since second grade, I played for about 10 years. And that was, I guess, like my origin story to sports. Um, And then in high school, um, I just played lacrosse for my school team. I kind of just wanted to try something new. I felt like I enjoyed basketball, but I pretty much knew when I was in high school that that wasn't something that I'd continue past high school. Um, And so I was like, you know what? I need a sport where I can have fun. I felt like basketball, the pressure to perform well and to start and play and everything else was too much for me. That was um, 
it was just too much on my mind. And so uh, I made the transition to lacrosse halfway through my sophomore year. They'd like already started the season and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I hope they'll just let me join. Like, I just want to do this for fun. Um, It's fine if I'm bad at it. Uh, I just want something, a sport that's going to let me play without thinking so much, unlike basketball was. Um, So I tried that my sophomore year and I ended up loving it, obviously. Um, And it ended up being... uh, at first in high school, such a great way for me to move my body and exercise and be fit, but also to just connect with other girls and just play without as much fear. Um, And then it eventually led to me playing in college and receiving an offer from Lander and getting to play there. I... I think it's so interesting what you just said about wanting to find a sport to have fun in and that the pressure to perform in the sport you had been playing for 10 years was, was so much it, it no longer felt fun. Like I, I, I don't know. I think this is like probably a common theme and people continue to play sports that they're, they love, but they feel all of the pressure to perform and, and it kind of like takes away from why they started playing the sport in the first place. Do you think like, because to play, to play at the collegiate level, like you do, you know, you do need to be somewhat, I don't know, good, skilled, like what, what I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. but do you, but do you think that it being so fun and you not caring if you were good or bad because you didn't have years of experience telling you you should be good helped play a part in like your investment in the sport and wanting to get better and ultimately wanting to play collegiately. Yes, for sure. It was so nice to commit and go through we'll first go through the recruitment process and then commit and then start playing in college with the idea that this is just fun for me. Like I'm here to have fun. And, but then like, as we'll get into later, I see both sides of that coin because then in college, what it turned into for me was I don't have as much experience as these people who I'm playing with. Um, I didn't play club in high school. I already said, you know, I started playing halfway through my sophomore year And so that kind of led to, it still contributed to, yes, this is fun. I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to be super serious or like put a lot of pressure on myself. But then like the further I got in college, I was like, oh man, I feel so far behind the people here. Like, I feel like I might not deserve to play on this team. Um, You know, like my stick skills aren't as good. My, this is not as good. And so then that kind of slowly turned into for me, like my deepest point of anxiety in sport and kind of had flashbacks to when I played basketball and I felt like I wasn't good enough at that. Um, I kind of felt this new pressure that I wanted to live up to expectations of my coaches and my team and all those things. So I definitely understand both sides of, you know, I saw the good of just playing something to play it and to have fun, but then I also saw with both sports I've played in my life when it turns into, 
I need to play well. And it's a lot less fun that way, obviously. Yeah. And that's so interesting. You saw kind of both sides of that coin. I don't want to flip too far ahead in the book. When, when you were growing up, were there any conversations around mental health, anxiety, depression, whether it be sports related or non-sports related in your community, in your house? Yeah. So, um, I didn't have a whole lot of conversations about mental health outside of sport growing up. Um, but I do distinctly remember, uh, when I was playing basketball growing up, my dad was my coach and he would give me all these tips about, he didn't really call it performance anxiety, but just kind of like performing under pressure, like every athlete does. Um, and so he would give me a lot of pointers about visualization and um, I'm not super into manifestation, but really kind of manifestation and um, kind of thinking and speaking uh, good upon yourself before you play. And that really shaped how I dealt with anxiety the times that I started to feel it in basketball and then in lacrosse. Um, and so that was really helpful for me. Is there any, is there anything that you can remember using or maybe you use it today? That was something helpful that your dad kind of taught you that you can share. Yes. So I have this awesome memory that I've used all through college, all through high school sports of my dad when we were working on free throws. And he would always tell me like, before you shoot a free throw, first of all, you need a routine. Like you need to make the same number of dribbles before you shoot. You need to like take the same number of breaths before you go for the shot. And then like, most importantly, what I've used in college is right before you release the ball from your hands, he said, you need to picture yourself and picture the ball, making it into the net, like cleanly. And so clearly in lacrosse, like we don't have free throws and I'm a defender. So, but I kind of used that um, technique to kind of harness like, okay, if I see these positive things happening in a game and a practice and a rep before I do them, like my odds of playing well and not making a mistake are so much better. And it's just that mental, like what that visualization visualization does for you is in your mind, it's saying, I can do this. I can make this shot. And I see myself making this shot. Or for me in lacrosse, it's I can guard this person. I can play 1v1 and I will not get beat. So it's really just that conversation with yourself before a big moment or before a big game of I'm fully equipped to do this and it's very possible for me to perform well. And that's kind of just the thinking that I had to align myself with um, when I started to deal with anxiety was, you know, like I'm here for a reason. Um, and my anxiety is telling me that I'm not, and that I'm inexperienced, but I had to keep picturing myself succeeding and keep reminding myself that I'm capable of succeeding in order for it to happen. I could not be more aligned with, with the visualization piece. I think it's more often that you see yourself like messing up. You're like, well, what if things go terribly versus like, well, what if they go the best way possible? And I make this stop and I do this and I see myself doing it. I, I think that's a really powerful 
school. I think like to, to a certain degree, I mean, I think maybe more than a certain degree, your thoughts create your reality. Um, For sure. And like when you picture yourself making a mistake before you perform, like at least for me, I feel like 10 times out of 10, I'm going to make that mistake if I'm thinking about messing up. Um, And like I said, that's why you have to picture the best thing possible because that's giving you your best chance for it to happen. Mm -hmm. 100%. So... So it sounds like it wasn't necessarily mental health related, but like this mental muscle kind of right working on flexing visualization routine was a big part of your experience growing up playing sports. When you, when did you decide ultimately, it's probably the better question to play well when did you realize it was a possibility to play collegiately knowing you hadn't played club you just picked up the stick and then secondly when did you decide that yes this is like the path I want to go down Mm -hmm. so really fortunately and this was like a huge blessing I had really incredible high school coaches um and I also had a really incredible community of just look across people in my hometown. And I think it was my sophomore year of high school. So I just started playing lacrosse um, that some family friends had told me like, Hey, Lander's having like a prospect day and this college is doing this prospect day. I just kind of started receiving more and more information about like, look at your options. This could be possible. And I remember hearing those things said to me and thinking like, I am not playing this in college. Like I've been at it for a few months, but like, what the heck it's more practice for me. And like, maybe it'll be faster paced if it's coached by um, collegiate coaches. I was just, it was kind of a moment that I was like, what do I have to lose? Um, So I started visiting different places, kind of getting involved in prospect day type events. Um, And even at those prospect days, I didn't feel like I was the star of the day or like the most notable player on the field, but it became more real to me that I was also keeping up Um, and it wasn't impossible for me to play with the people around me. And so then as I moved into my junior and my senior year of playing high school lacrosse, I was more like, okay, this is something I want. Like I knew growing up playing basketball, growing up playing basketball, I knew that playing sports in college was a dream of mine. But like I said, before I stopped playing, I knew basketball wasn't going to get me there. Um, And so once I attended these prospect days and I talked more and more with my high school coaches about playing in college, um, I didn't really have like a light switch moment that I was like, oh, I'm doing this. But it was kind of a gradual building up of my confidence by coaches and by people around me and by teammates, which I'm so very thankful for. Um, that showed me like your dream is attainable. Like you can play in college and you don't have to be the star of your high school team or the star of a prospect day or club teams to do it. I, yeah, I think that that is so cool. Did you feel, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, um, 
a sneak peek. Did you feel at any point during these prospect days that you like weren't good enough or is that a theme you felt earlier on than you realized in college? Yes, for sure. And luckily those prospect days, especially the early ones, like my sophomore year, I was there just for fun. And so there were some times that I would make mistakes or sometimes that I would realize that I wasn't as good as the other girls were. And that would kind of like hit me in an uncomfortable way, you know, like it would anyone. But at the time, since I just thought lacrosse was my fun thing and the prospect days were just nothing to lose activities, it didn't really get under my skin like it did when I was then in college and playing lacrosse and felt like, okay, like this matters to me now. So why, why Lander University? What was it about one, the place and two, like playing that really drew you there specifically? So I would say the number one thing that drew me to lacrosse and to Lander were the people that I met at that prospect day. Um, Our program just started four years ago. So everyone at those prospect days that I went to was either recently committed or uncommitted. Like there was no established Lander women's lacrosse team that I was coming to like fill their shoes. But when I got to those prospect days and I met the girls a year older than I was who were committed, they were so welcoming. They were so reassuring to me when I messed up um, that I, it felt like they knew what they were doing and that they'd been there all this time. Um, That and my head coach, they just brought this culture of, and it's so overused today, but it's just so true. I have to say it, but they brought this culture of family to me that they showed me, okay, apart from what we do on the field, like these people have your back, they have your back in your studies. They have your back in, you know, where are you going to live and what's it going to be like being away from family for the first time and kind of things like that. And ultimately all of their diverse personalities, um, but their combined unity is what really drew me to Lander. And there's other things like their nursing program's awesome. And I feel like they're really flexible for me to play a sport and do that. Um, But really my number one, I would say is the people that I'm around every day. That's such a great answer. What, what was your freshman year? Like you get there, you're now kind of in, in with people who have probably held a stick for Mm -hmm. a good while longer. Was your immediate, what was your immediate response to playing on the team, being on campus? Yeah. So my freshman year, I think if you had asked everyone on my team to describe me, they would probably all say quiet my freshman year. Um, And that's like hilarious to me now because I think no one on my team would describe me that way today. Um, But the reason for that was I came in my freshman year and even before like our first team practice and team conditioning, I was really, really scared. I was very scared that I would be the worst player on the team. Um, I'd have the worst stick skills, just kind of little nitpicky things like that, that I was like 
oh my gosh, all these people have so much more experience than I do. All of these people on my team were the best from their high school. Um, and just like really felt that pressure of, I want to be at the same level as everyone else here. I don't want to drag the group down. And so that like anxiety and that pressure made me so quiet. It made me so quiet that I didn't want to talk to teammates. I didn't really make an effort to get to know people because I felt like I just want to like stay in my lane. Like if I'm not as good as the other girls on my team, I need to just kind of keep my head down and work hard and do what I can. But I don't want anyone to feel like they need to be my friend or they need to be like a close knit teammate with me until I get better at lacrosse. I want to take a moment to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's message, Morgan's message's mission is simple. Amplify stories, resources, and expertise to strengthen student-athlete mental health. Building a community by and for athletes through peer-to-peer conversations and providing a platform for advocacy. Our vision is to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the high school and collegiate athlete communities, equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics, normalize conversations in safe spaces, encourage peer-to-peer communications, and empower those who suffer in silence and support those who feel alone. I am so grateful that an organization like Morgan's Message exists and is providing support to so many individuals um, across the nation and across the globe. It's truly such an incredible organization that I am so proud to be a part of. If you want to get involved with Morgan's Message, if you want to find out more, follow along, you can head to morgansmessage.org or follow on Instagram at Morgan's Message. Let's get back to Anna. Did did you enjoy your freshman year? I would say overall, yes but it was definitely not as fun as my sophomore year and especially like my sophomore season of lacrosse. And then the junior year that I just finished because like, clearly if I wasn't open to making connections and like really involving myself with people, that's not as fun for anyone, whether you're great at lacrosse or whether you're bad at it. And so, um, my sophomore year and my junior year, like we'll kind of talk about my journey with performance anxiety, but what really made a difference in how much fun I had was after I was able to overcome some anxiety, um, I was just a talker, like that's who I am. Um, and so once I started talking more and just getting to know the girls on my team better and opening up and being vulnerable myself, I was able to like have fun and enjoy myself and enjoy the people around me. What was 
like your, I guess, I feel like we touched a little bit about, but was the spring worse for you than the fall of your freshman year? Like, I'm, I'm, I'd love for you to walk us through kind of like your mental, like when you started really feeling the anxiety and like what, how it manifested in you and Mm -hmm. ultimately like kind of lead us through like what it looked like maybe on and off the lacrosse field and Mm -hmm. yeah, that journey. So I would say I've already kind of explained, so I won't go into detail, but um, with my freshman year, the fall was definitely worse, like getting there. And like I said, with that first practice and that first conditioning, like that was a rough moment. Um, and all fall, I kind of felt that because it's not like we really had any depth chart or lineup. It was just kind of like a free for all. And the year before the season before was ended by COVID. So we'd never had a full season as a lacrosse team. So fall for me felt like a frenzy. Because it was like, okay, everyone's fighting to play. It feels like, you know, to a certain extent, a level playing ground for everyone to get to play in spring. But then as spring came um, and I'd been through the fall of conditioning and practicing and kind of getting into the groove of things. uh, I definitely still had performance anxiety before games, but I felt a lot more reassured. And that kind of came with, you know, just natural things like receiving playing time that I hadn't expected and um, just knowing the team better and how things worked in college lacrosse better. And so spring was a much better moment for me. But then fall of my sophomore year was probably like my hardest moment with anxiety because again, you don't have that expectation or that depth chart or that set playing time anymore because it's a new year. So you have new people coming in, um, kind of everybody starting fresh and like my freshman year in the fall, it felt like another free for all. And so I remember my sophomore year fall, I felt a lot of pressure to play as much or more than I did my freshman year. And so, um, during that semester was really like my quietest and my lowest point. That's when I felt the most, I guess, isolated in my anxiety and just felt like I hit this stage where I hardly wanted to go to practice. I hardly wanted to play because it was that much pressure that I was putting on myself to perform well and to like earn my spot for the spring season and everything like that. And so I guess we'll kind of get into tools that I use to pull myself out of it, but my spring came around and after I'd really talked to my coaches about how I was feeling and kind of working on my mental health individually and being more open and honest with my teammates about that, I was actually able to have like an awesome spring season that year. And it kind of just kept getting more and more and more fun with every game. Um, And I feel super happy to say I also carried into my junior year. I felt like I had the most fun I'd had so far, um, definitely at the end of my sophomore year and into my junior year, just because my journey with anxiety and my journey with the pressure of playing and playing time and not messing up in a game was um, so much less of a stressor for me once I was vulnerable with my coaches and my teammates. What did it take to get you 
kind of to the point of either like opening up, asking for help? Did you recognize, and I don't even think I asked this, like, did you go to college with anyone from your high school? I'm assuming no. So you're in this like new place. Is that a safe I assumption? I had a few, um, there are a few girls a year below me who I went to high school with and played with them, but um, my freshman year, I didn't have them. So it was kind of like, okay, you're on your own on this team. Um, yeah. Did you reckon, be, yeah. Did you recognize that you were, I don't know if, like shell of yourself is a phrase you would use Mm -hmm. for that period. But I guess, what did it take for you to ask for help to open up or other people flagging things like, Hey, is everything okay? What? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. So it was more like, because I'd been so nervous from the start of my freshman year, people didn't really recognize that me being quiet was unusual for me. So that wasn't a huge red flag, but I remember, um, before one, I think it was like a fall play day where we just do 12 v 12, but we kind of pretend like it's a scrimmage just against our own team. I remember that morning I told a teammate and one of my best friends that I was like, so nervous. I hardly wanted to play. And she was like, really? And I was like, wait, is that not normal? (laughs) I was like, wait, I'm the only one that feels like this. And she was like, yeah, like, I mostly just feel a little bit nervous, but like, I think most of what I'm feeling is excitement. And so I kind of took that and I was like, oh, I kind of assumed everyone was feeling this way. Like I knew there were people on my team who have more experience and that might put them more at ease, but I figured this was really nerve wracking for everyone. And so that was kind of my moment that I was like, okay, this, this is not like, something's not right here. Um, and so I went to my assistant coach at the time and that's where I started like really healing from anxiety and being able to have the pressure of a game and the pressure of a practice, but kind of use it and harness it and, um, have it as a motivation to do well instead of like a crippling, um, weight on my shoulders, I guess. Um, and so my assistant coach, um, she would have me do this thing after practices. And she had me do it after that play day where I was so nervous, where she says, okay, like drop everything you're thinking, because you're probably thinking about your mistakes or your possible mistakes or obstacles or, whatever other negative things. So she said, just tell me three things that you did well. Um, and I'll leave you alone for the rest of the night. And so she would do that periodically, just kind of at random practices, or like I said, after that play day and kind of make me realize, like, I put all this pressure on myself, but like at the end of the day, I have at least three things that I still did well. And even if those weren't things like oh, I got seven ground balls or, you know, I had five calls turnovers. It was also things like I was really vocal today, or I was really supportive of my teammates today. And she kind of made me realize too, that, you know, my statistics personally are statistics as a team. Yes. Those take you far. Um, and yes, those win games, but 
also your energy and your attitude and how you support your teammates and yourself, that makes a difference. And that is noticeable in how you play and how you add to this team. So that was really pivotal for my assistant to kind of draw those things out of me and um, make me see good things in myself. That's amazing. Do you still use that tool today where you, (laughs) how often do you do it? I try to do it after every game and practices where I really feel like, oh, I could have done better. I always make myself do three things, whether they're about my energy or things I said or about my actual play. I I really try to use that. And also with other people, um, I have people come to me, which I think is awesome, especially since I started being a Morgan's Message Ambassador. I have a lot more people come to me with their anxiety and being like, how do I deal with this? Like, I don't understand what's going on or how to like move past this. That's the first thing I do with them um, because of my assistant coach. I say, okay, well, I want you to tell me right now things that are going well, um, things that your anxiety doesn't affect or or like things outside of lacrosse that you're proud of um, and that lacrosse can't change, lacrosse performance can't change. That's awesome. Are there any other tools that you have kind of put into place as safeguards against, you know, your anxiety and kind of like paralyzation when like being paralyzed, I don't know if paralyzation is or being paralyzed um, when it comes to like playing and being like so nervous that you don't even want to play. Yes. So my other like number one immediate tip for when you're feeling just a ton of pressure or you're feeling anxiety or you have really intense fear about making mistakes is the best thing you can do for yourself and for people around you is start talking. Um, I said what I said earlier about, I was so quiet my first like year and a half or so. Um, because eventually once I overcame my anxiety through this tip, I am like one of the loudest people on my team. Um, and kind of how I use that tool is when my anxiety is at its worst before a rep or before a game, it's usually manifested by I'm isolating myself. I'm not saying anything. And then when we're warming up or in the game, I'm also not talking. Um, so to me, the quickest fix is if you're in a stick work rep, call for ball or call other people's names. If you're in a game, I play defense. So this is an easy example for me, but like start talking to your teammates about where they are and where you are. Um, and like what your matchup is, or if it's right before a game, like pull aside a teammate and be like, Hey, can we chat? Like, how are you feeling about this game? Um, have a conversation about that. I just feel like your self-talk before a play or before a game, like those words, whether they're in your mind or coming out, that's like the house you're going to live in during that game or during that rep. And so if those words are, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous or, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to not make a mistake. Like that's the house you're living in that game. You're living in the house that's telling you you're unprepared. You're not confident. Whereas if you're chatting with someone before a game and kind of feeling out 
how they might feel, how you feel, or you're using visualization and telling yourself, I can do this. I can perform well. Like you're setting the tone for yourself to live in the house of success. Or even if you mess up, you're setting the tone to live in the house of I messed up, but I can do it next time. That one's a great one too. I, I, I really like the thought of like, you're living in the house, like you're building it. Like you Mm -hmm. kind of are the master of your thoughts and, and if you can, you know, start speaking positively to yourself, things will, things will turn around. Are there any other tools or tricks that you have used to, to help? Um, I do have one thing that my head coach at Lander has told me that really influenced how I speak to myself and how I speak to my teammates on the field. And I remember it was after a game where this was in my junior year where I was not playing well. Um, my team was having a rougher game, but like not terrible, but I let my mistakes that I had already made on the field in that game kind of dictate my attitude and really chiefly my volume. Um, and so I remember talking through that with him because I'm such a vocal player that it was noticeable that my mistakes and kind of the vibe of the game had made me quiet again. Um, and he said to me, you don't have to be in a good mood to lift others up. And I think that's so true. Like, I don't have to be playing the best lacrosse game of my life to cheer on another teammate. Or it also translates to, I don't have to be a perfect player to know that I'm capable of performing and performing well. And so that really changed my attitude on just because you make a mistake doesn't mean obviously that it's the end of the world, but also practically it doesn't mean that I have to kind of shut down and only think negative things about myself and um, not cheer on my teammates. It means like, yeah, you messed up, but now you have the chance to turn it around and to, you can't undo it, but to perform well on that next rep. These are all such great, great tips. What, I guess, what was, you've spoken to a little bit, so I'm kind of repeating the question ish but we kind of know the answers like how how much better did sophomore spring go than sophomore fall and how did you carry that momentum into your junior year yeah so um my sophomore spring was so incredible because not only did I see more playing time and like better just X's and O's. I played better lacrosse that season than I did in the fall, but it was also amazing because I made some of my closest friendships that I still have and, um, really formed an awesome and, um, crucial bond with both of my coaches by being vulnerable that kind of led them to know me better and both as a player and a person. Um, And then eventually after sophomore spring, um, one of my greatest takeaways and the reasons why I feel like my story is important is because it led me to Morgan's message. And um, that was really amazing to use 
my story and find other athletes uh, through Morgan's message who have had similar experiences and then bring that to my team. Um, because I think it's an awesome thing to go through your own mental health journey and like come out on the other side um, and come out successful or come out having had more fun or, you know, you name it. But I think it's even more special and even more important if you can help other people realize, hey, you are not alone on your journey either. I've been through this. This is what helped me. And you can make it out on the other side like I did. Um, and so that was really chiefly what carried me through my junior year. That and a lot of prayer carried me through, you know, showing my teammates how to be vulnerable. And like I said, that they're not alone. And, you know, performance anxiety is something that's applicable to just about every athlete. Um, because whether you play D1, D3, you're in high school still, you're the best player on your team, you're the worst player on your team, like, you feel performance anxiety at some point. And so me, me being able to connect with Morgan's message and see that my story can help other people, my tips for what brought me out of all the pressure can help other people that really carried me through like the most fun season of my life. That's incredible. What what was the, and I feel like reading between the lines, you can kind of tell why, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What was the catalyst for becoming a Morgan's Message ambassador and what does it truly mean to you? So for me, I definitely saw that my team had a need for something like Morgan's Message. We talked my sophomore year collectively as a team and kind of my coaches mentioned that they saw that we had performance anxiety and it was really like tangible and visible that when we were more nervous, we weren't playing as well. And that mattered to them, of course, but I mean, they also care about us as people. And so they saw a need for some sort of like mental check-in or like a group that could just, you know, speak to us and ask us how we're doing. And so that kind of like, set off a light in my head that Morgan's message could be a really good fit for us. And so the more that I learned about it over the summer, and then like when I applied and was accepted to that, um, I saw that there were different facets of mental health that I could lead a discussion on or do an activity on um, to get my teammates to open up and ultimately see that there are other people who have the same struggles as they do. Um, and so to me, that's kind of what being a Morgan's message ambassador is about is making your teammates and making other athletes see that their struggles are not only theirs. Um, and kind of, like I said earlier, that you're more than those struggles and you're more than those low points and you can be a great athlete and still struggle with mental health and like kind of find help for that. hundred percent. Thank you for sharing all of that. We are getting close on time. Time is absolutely flown by <laughs> us on this episode. I want to get to some closing questions. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, if you could go back to struggling Annabeth mm -hmm. with what you know now, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself? 
I would definitely say start talking to your teammates on and off the field because that was a huge component of me making it through my anxiety was realizing that the people around me care about me so much and they want me to play well and they don't want me to feel anxious or inferior. Um, And then just like the non lacrosse side of it is these people are going to be your best friends. And so like, I don't want to say I regret because I definitely learned from it and God used it in my life, but I feel sad knowing that I kind of wasted time being so quiet and being so like kept to myself when I could have been best friends with my teammates even sooner. Um, So there is that, but like I said, I'm thankful for that lesson that it taught me um, to kind of be more outgoing and be more sure that there's people that are going to like me, whether I'm good or bad at lacrosse and make those connections as soon as you can. Thank you so much for sharing that. My last closing question and my favorite closing question is what are you most grateful for? Hmm. I am most grateful for the journey God took me on with my mental health and the people he put in my life through it. I definitely saw so much change, so much maturity and growth um, through this journey that I was put on through like highs and lows. Um, And then through those highs and lows really gained um, a better sense of family, like with my own literal family, um, with my lacrosse family. Um, And so I'm super, super grateful for that. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing all about your experiences these these past few years I am extremely grateful to have had you on the mental matchup and thank you I'm also grateful I appreciate your time Another huge thank you to Annabeth for coming on The Mental Matchup and sharing her own experiences as a student athlete and her own struggles with mental health. I loved the honesty about these different, the the journey she went through, right? From picking up a stick just for fun to then experiencing this performance anxiety because, you know, she felt like maybe she wasn't good enough or couldn't compete and I love the full circle moment of these tools and these tricks that she's been able to implement through the support of not only her coaches but her teammates her friends her family in order to kind of come out on top going into her senior season so a huge thank you to Annabeth if you are interested in coming on the mental matchup we would love to have you you can submit your story um, on our stories platform Or if you want to come on the podcast, you can reach out to submission at morgansmessage.com or head to our website and go to one of our intake forms. Um, With that, I want to give another huge shout out to Morgan's Message for presenting the mental matchup and for being the incredible organization that they are. Um, If you want to get in touch with Morgan's Message, follow along, find out more, you can head to morgansmessage.com. Dot org 
or follow on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook at Morgan's Message. And with that, we will see you next episode.